But the Israel's first prime minister quickly understood that it would be very, very difficult to write a constitution, primarily because of the position of the religious parties who said, how can we write a constitution? The Torah is our constitution. So what we're, we're going to prepare a document which defines who we are and defines our essential values when we already have the Torah. Welcome to Crossing Face, where we started as a Christian and Muslim. It was the first Christian Muslim podcast, and now it's the, the largest multi-faith podcast in the world. Um, we're sitting here with uh, Ambassador uh, Kiva Tor, uh, who uh, I met in 2019, November, uh, on a, a trip to Israel. Uh, and uh, and he was very gracious to, to spend some time with us. He was the head of... of uh, I hope I don't butcher this up. He was right. You're the head of, of World Jewish Affairs and Religion at the time. World Jewish Affairs and World Religions. Basically, the for, Israel Foreign Ministry's engagement with all of the Jewish issues, from pluralism to anti-Semitism to all of the aspects which guide that. And the other half of it was our engagement with the faith communities around the world, from Catholicism to Islam to the religions of the East evangelicals, mainline Protestants. It's a very, very wide and fascinating brief, which I enjoyed a lot. And so I, I reached out to, uh, to, to you, Akiva, uh, and, and, and to um, talk about this aspect, because I think it's an, an interesting component of the Israeli government that there's priority given to uh, engaging not only the intrafaith components, but the interfaith components out there there's a healthy book of interfaith engagement, uh, but there's also the diversity within the Jewish community that 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 you um, engaged upon. Um, but now you're speaking to me very graciously from from Korea because you're the ambassador, the Israeli ambassador uh, deployed to Korea at this point. That's that's one of the good things about a career in diplomacy is that you you get to do different things, yeah. and uh, this is different. It's a very, very fascinating job. I really, uh, I've been ambassador here now for three years, but you know how everything is in life. Uh, there's, there's a continuum. Even when you do different things, there's still a continuum from what things that you did in the past. Right. And I still find many of the things I did in the past applying here. For example, for example, um, the, when I began here, I hosted uh, an iftar meal for the Muslim and Arab ambassadors who have uh, diplomatic relations with Israel. It's a, you know, amazing thing. Yeah, because there's a small Muslim community there, but you were, we mentioned before we, we hit record that they, you were dealing with some of the other faith groups as part of your, as part of your uh, deployment. And there's a very, there's a, a Grand Mosque of uh, Seoul. The Imam is an extremely... Um, well, well read, scholarly, and a very, very nice man. But uh, I don't want to get him into trouble with his community right now. So, <laughs> sure enough, sure enough, sure enough. But, uh, no. <laughs> we have all these these lenses, you know. I I'll get hit for saying that this is a uh, an Israeli propaganda piece. So, um, which is which is you know none of this fun, none of my funding comes from from uh, it, it's all funded through my, my corporations and businesses. So, um, but, uh, so I wanted to just ask you, you know, you know, in, in elaborate a little bit on, uh, the, 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 the priority of the Israeli government, um, as an official to engage, uh, faith communities, including, so the intra-faith component and then the multi-faith component. Um, and, and how, what is that? What, what is it? Is it just one guy? Was it just you, the head, or is was there a department? What's the breadth and scope of such such of it? So look, so you know, a headquarters uh, part of the foreign ministry is basically supposed to engage with all of our missions and to try to give them resources to work, but also to you know point directions that we want to go. So to be honest, to be completely honest, the our. Our primary, our primary engagement, or my primary engagement in in that task, which cut across a lot of parts of the foreign ministry, was our engagement with the Jewish people around the world. Because Israel sees itself as a nation state of the Jewish people, and it has to be able to, but 
But on the other hand, only half of the Jewish people live in Israel. Very large community lives in United States or in North America, and then there's also communities in Latin America and uh, also in Europe, of course, and smaller communities, you know, in in Australia and in Asia. But the there is there are many many diverse issues, and there's many many Jewish experiences, and uh, Israel being a, a state which doesn't have any sort of formal division between religion and state. Uh, it many, many difficult issues come up. In other words, how do we deal with issues of conversion? You know, what, 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 what religious courts are recognized uh, in Israel for issues of citizenship? Reform courts, conservative courts, only orthodox courts, uh, issues about pluralism at the Western Wall, uh, I also uh, dealt a lot with issues of anti-Semitism and how Israel needs to engage or not engage at all with parties of the far right in Europe. So, you know, these were very important parts of the job. And uh, at during that time, I was most concerned with how we maintain a healthy relationship with, especially with the, the liberal Jewish communities in the United States, even when there were issues that were difficult to bridge or we couldn't agree with completely. So that was a major, major part of the job. Uh, then the other part of the job had to do with our relations with the Vatican, because Vatican is Catholic and it's a state. And uh, we're involved in a very, very long negotiation, which has been gone, going on for uh, decades about uh yeah, after after the Vatican and Israel recognized each other and and formed diplomatic relations, we didn't solve any of the issues of taxation or all of the church properties in Israel. So that's that's also very very complicated. And then, you know, with Christianity, that's a big world. So you've got mainline Protestants who are extremely extremely progressive and. We have very troubled relationship with the American Methodists and the American Presbyterians on the one hand. Then there's the evangelical communities who engage in Israel from a completely different political uh, uh, direction. And then, of course, there's Islam, which Israel cannot cannot, um, uh, ignore Islam in any way, especially since so much of our citizenry is Muslim. And uh, it's... That that's a place of great potential, but it's also complicated because uh, you know I worked with uh, a lot of Jewish leaders like Rabbi Michael Melchior and, and Rabbi David Rosen, who've been involved in interfaith uh, relationships, largely with Islam for many years, and you know have taken it to very very important places. Sometimes it's important that the state of Israel kind of removes itself. In other words, if we want if we want a good Jewish or Judaism Islam conversation, at times it's better to remove the political element from it. And you know, I was of course willing to do that as well when when it's necessary. And then also, uh, we hosted the faith leaders of the communities of uh, of East Asia, and that was that was really interesting. Buddhists, Hindus, Zoroastrians, uh, for uh, intellectual conversation with uh, Jewish religious thought leaders in Israel. We also invited the Muslims and the Christians and the Druze also for a number of events. Basically, I, 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 I really care about this part of the job. I, I connect to it also at a personal level. My father was a rabbi. He was a campus rabbi. He was Hill director at Kent State University for many, many years. And before that, he uh, was also a U.S. Army chaplain for a short period after his ordination. And he really believed that my, my father was a very strong believer in God, but he he believed strongly that the you know the great religions are pulling in the same direction. And and uh, by the way, the, the great faith traditions, they suffer from a lot of ills, all of them. Sure. But the best parts of them are the ones that 
identify that, you know, we're trying to worship one God, one one ethical system in the world. And we all understand that the we're all not atheists. We believe that we don't necessarily believe that things are, you know, that God will necessarily reward the righteous and 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 uh, and that the wicked will necessarily be punished. That's that's a problem in all of the religions. Sure. But we all believe that morality and good acts are real and somehow resonate with the fabric of the universe. And I think the great grandfather used to say that it's all Abrahamic lineage, you know, so the one God concept comes to us from the Zoroastrians, the the the, the, the word of God comes to us from the to the through the Torah, uh, to the to the Israelites, and Christianity restored the priesthood and then bloodline to the end of days is is Islam. And so he kind of said taught it to me sort of in that way. And uh and I use that Abrahamic lineage. Um you're not saying that that non-Abrahamic faiths are are you know outliers but but when it comes to our tradition and, and who we are, um that's how he always kind of explained it. How we're all unified, you know, in in that same cause and that same narrative. But yeah, that's that's actually the view of Halakhic Judaism. In other words, uh, uh, you know, the the formal Orthodox, uh, you know, uh, tradition from the Talmud. I mean, well, Talmud wouldn't be relevant because Talmud precedes uh, Islam. But the from all of the you know the medieval commentators, Maimonides, Rashi, the Shulchan Aruch. They um, they had to deal with issues of okay how to how to how to deal with Christianity where there were there was a theological block because Christianity had the Trinity and and also in the churches there were graven images but none of these issues um, presented themselves in Islam where uh, you know we you know we we have of course different Holy Scripture. And we have, you know, some of the prophets we share, others we don't. But the essential theology of Islam and Judaism are not far apart, and you know, they're in their uncompromising uh, emphasis on one God and the unity of God. And uh, so, well, every good Muslim example, should have five, you know, four books in their in their possession. So, and one of them is the Torah. So. All right. uh, you know, so it's it's the the Injal in the New Testament, which there's some question on what is the New Testament, and it's believed to be corrupted. But the the, the you know the the Quran, Psalms, uh, and the Torah are the other three, and so every good Muslim should have those three in in their house uh, at any given time. So, it's, well, I, I've read large parts of the Quran. No, I haven't read it in its entirety. I admit. But uh, there's so many parts of it which are also reminiscent of the rabbinic literature. I mean, uh, it's it's obvious that the communities uh, were affecting each other in real time. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, so, it's, you, know, you know, sometimes things are inverted. In other words, what Islam attributes things to Ishmael, which Judaism might attribute to Isaac. But you know, that's normal with sibling rivalry. Sure, there has but, been brothers, so it is what it is. You know, that as they as they grow. I, I don't I grew up I, I'm I, I was born in, in born here in America um but I was I, I grew up in a Jewish community and um so um and I have spent a lot of time I asked my mother when I was a little kid I, it was funny I said mom you know why are why aren't I Jewish what what was because I would go to the <laughs> lands I said, and she, I said why aren't we Jewish and she said you are um, so I, I said, "What do you?" She goes, "Well, when you go to your Jewish friends' house, you're Jewish. When you go to your Christians and your house, you're Christian. When you go to your Hindus' house, you do it." And then my my great grandfather would always he would always say and 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 these to make these large statements. One of the statements was, uh, "Our family lineage is ancient and indisputable with the hand in the air." You know, and uh, no, and then he, you know, and he should say that as he should, right? And then he would say, "You know, we're you know we're 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 highest evolution." Of of Judaism, we we're an offshoot. We're you know okay. you say stuff like that, which I don't want to commit a hate crime. But, but it, it's it, not a hate crime. It's, it's not a hate crime. It's it's okay. It's yeah. okay. You know, and so it's just funny because it it the, the amount of pride that came out of that interaction 
uh, and 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 it, these are formative years where we would sit there and I go, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no other. It was this is all part of our family. So uh, and I went to more bar mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs than I did anything else um, uh, when I was younger. But uh, but it's 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 the, the lineage I think is important, um, and I and I think that part of the reason why I reached out to you is because we had. A couple of really interesting conversations, albeit brief, when we spoke, and one of them was uh, you spoke uh, uh, about um, the the International Religious Freedom uh, Report, and right, okay, and and, and, and so uh, because it, it, and I and that stuck out in my mind um, because it was so one of those things that was really funny when you said it. You go. My God, the paperwork we have to get together to get this to you. As you said, you yeah. know, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's an annual report by the U.S. government, and they right. they, they send every government questionnaires, and uh, a lot of governments uh, ignore it. But we don't ignore questionnaires from U.S. government, <laughs> right? Right. But, but it's but it's also a priority, right? Because you know this is well, they they, they, they ask they asked a lot of questions that were hard to answer from an Israeli context and others. But yeah, we always, we worked hard on it and we gave a response and, you know, the Americans accepted some things and some things they don't, you know. Right. But I, but I, but it's an amazing thing. I think the U.S. government is, uh, you know, has a formal State Department report on the state of religious freedom around the world. Right. That's, that's, that's a uniquely American project. Right, you know, and it you know ratified by IRFA, the International Religious Freedom Act. We talk a little bit on the podcast, and then you know you serve the United States Commission on National Religious Freedom, which has a, a competing report, you know, and then they go back and forth on that. Yeah, you know that's that's okay, but uh, you know the basic concept that uh, a um, a secular uh, republic that doesn't have a state religion, nevertheless, believes that religious freedom is essential for democracy. That's interesting. That's not. That's not. That's not a kind of uh, thing that you're gonna find a project being led by a European state, nor by a Middle Eastern state, or by Israel. It's, it's a uniquely American project. Yeah. No. Well, the, e- e- I, no. even even if imperfectly conducted. Sure. Sure. Well, well, we have that. You know, we have the we have the First Amendment, and then we have. Uh, I well, with that is you know enshrined in the Constitution, which, as you know, is. Uh, is 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 you know our 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 flag when it kind of comes to charging hills both internally and externally, um, you know I I I you know maybe this is a and I'm just riffing here maybe this is an interesting question because Israel doesn't have a constitution, right? True, that's true. So, so but the 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 elements of uh, that that empower, for example, the office that you were in that that conducted intern interfaith engagement. Where, where's where does that come from? So you don't we, you don't have like a First Amendment that says okay, relig- internet, religious freedom is the founding principles of our country. How how is that? Where is the source for something? Like uh, so that? And, and so look so look, the the reason actually, you know, Israel's founding document was Israel Declaration of Independence, sure. and that was read out on um, May. 15th or actually the afternoon of May 14th, 1948, right before Shabbat. It had to be done before Shabbat, right? And that was our last document of um, complete of, of, of national consensus in the sense that it was signed by Mayor Wilner of okay. the Israel Communist Party. And it was also signed by the representative Agudat Yisrael, which was the Israeli ultra-Orthodox Party. There was this we we haven't had a document since then that has consensual in that way that everyone signed that it. it was it was uh, it, it was because of that unique historical movement. Now, in the Israel Declaration of Independence, it says that a constituent assembly will be convened within two years to work on a formal constitution for the state. But the Israel's first prime minister quickly understood that it would be very very difficult to write a constitution. Primarily because of the position of the religious parties, who said, "How can we write a constitution? The Torah is our constitution. So what we're we're going to prepare a document which defines who we are, and defines our essential values when we already have the Torah." So, uh, of course, people think about this differently now. 
but and there were numerous attempts during the 80s and 90s actually to write a constitution and there there are about three versions of an Israeli constitution but there you know what was done by academics so it it was overly liberal for conservative elements of the population and we the, the project never never reached final conclusion and we suffer from that on the other hand uh, Israeli jurisprudence did develop other tools to enable it to conduct itself according to fundamental principles. Those are called basic laws. The basic laws are based on the Israel Declaration of Independence. The, the basic principle of the Israel uh, Declaration is state of Israel is defined as or self-defined as a Jewish and a democratic state where it needs to, there was a, a great uh, uh, legal scholar in Israel, uh, uh, Ruth Gabison, who basically explained that it means that Israel Israel governance has to exist in the Venn di- di- diagram uh, where Jewish and, demo- and democratic overlap. Okay. In the parts uh, which would be Jewish but not democratic, that can't be legal in Israel. The parts which will be democratic but not Jewish, also, they that that's not in keeping with the uh, with the fundamental ideas. So then Israel adopted a number of basic laws. Um, one was basic law equality. Uh, another is basic law freedom of religion. There's basic law of uh, freedom of uh, occupation, which means that a person can work where they want. They can't be forced to work somewhere. And then, the, then the, the basic laws began to include a phrase under Justice Aaron Barak as in keeping with the tradition of Israel as a Jewish and democratic state. So we so we, we have these um, we, we have these basic principles in the in the Israeli jurisprudence which are quite strong, and they override other laws. But we be, began to get get into trouble about a year ago. When new government was elected, and with a very activist um, uh, minister of justice, who believed that uh, uh, that the courts had too much power, and were able to override basically the sovereign, which he viewed as the Knesset, which is the the parliament, and uh, we got into a very, very bitter argument in Israel. It touched on a lot of nerves in many, many different directions that I think that it will be analyzed and written about for many years. And it only really stopped with the October 7th invasion by Hamas when we realized that an eternal Israeli argument of this type is, um, is uh, a luxury that we can't afford sometimes. And we may have inadvertently signaled to some of our neighbors that our society was falling apart. When um, actually it wasn't our society, our, our politics were falling apart, but our society was not. So uh, I really hope, I really hope and I really pray that when Israel goes back to these fundamental constitutional questions, that we'll go about them in a much more civil way and substantive way and uh, we find a way to navigate our internal argument in a way that doesn't weaken us internally and certainly doesn't signal to our neighbors that we're in trouble. No, oh, but, my, but, but my answer to your question is that yeah. it, it's very, very difficult for Israel to write a, a constitution because it's just, as, just like, I don't know if the United States could write a constitution right now. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, you know, you write a constitution at a constitutional moment, right? Yeah, and it was largely in secret. You know, the you know, like the, the the idea of the constitution, the, 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 when the when the constitution was actually written, and is 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 uh, is is a unique period in time where you know, and and some might say it was a coup. Um, so, because they, but they 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 missed they they couldn't figure out they couldn't solve the slavery situation then they had to fight a civil war almost 70 years later sure to yeah. you know to to finalize it so it's it can be very difficult to write constitutions because there you you say something very deep about yourself but i, I think that the israeli legal system does have uh within it the the necessary 
um, tools necessary for fundamental defense of human rights internally. Even though I know JT will say that much is imperfect, and of course much is, but never, nevertheless, like for example, equality, uh, the equality, you, you can't pass a law in Israel which won't pass an equality test in court. And uh, so this was, you know, this was really a challenge with the nation state law, but the Supreme Court at the end said it didn't violate equality. Not everyone would agree, but 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 you know we, we we have our we have a bill of rights. We're not you know we're not without we're not we're not without internal laws and sure. principles. Well, like I always say that, that that without the Constitution, you have a strong judiciary, and that judiciary you need to have a strong judiciary, and you have that which basically arbitrates in real or near real time what the applicability of these sort of yeah uh, yeah. But look what's happening. Laws. Yeah, but look what's happening in the United States. In the United States, like a lot of times, people who were um, would say, "Why can't we be more like America?" But the truth is, I don't think that we should be more like America. The Supreme Court is highly, highly political, according to um, you know which president has appointed the justices. Sure, the justice justices of the Israeli Supreme Court are appointed by a professional committee. But that also creates a problem because then people who are unhappy with the court's decisions on a number of things will say, well, that's just a committee which basically represents a certain kind of worldview which just, you know, replicates itself like DNA. So, you know, there there's problems here and there's problems there. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Yeah, so in the US, yeah, in the U.S. now also there's a crisis of, you know, uh, you know, do people believe in the court? People trust the court. And now we've got this thing about uh, whether Donald Trump will be on the ballot. And, you know, you know, people think, well, the conservative justices will go this way, the liberal justices will go this way. But what we really want is justices to apply the law, period. Sure, sure. Well, and, and we have this, you know, the issue is whether or not, we, we, it's, pretty, it's pretty heavy on constitutionalists. Um, so the idea of, of a sort of strict or rigid interpretation of the the Constitution, and you know, I just had this conversation with somebody about a week ago. We were chatting back and forth, and he goes, "Well, it's a states' rights issue, so they can't even, you know, they, they're going to have to, they're going to have to go with what the state decides." And I go, "Well, you know, when it comes to the Constitution, and when it comes to elected officials and the criteria for presidency, you know, we have there's there's they're they're going to weigh in." Uh, and so, you know, but like you said, it's it's conservative. So, no, but but you're but you're. I think your friend is wrong because the because the the states were interpreting an amendment to the Constitution regarding what insurrection correct. means. So correct. So, yes, so that that amendment. Yeah, that, they're, they're, that 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 ultimately the the Supreme Court is you know is um, supreme to the state to the state Supreme Courts. Right. So they have to. They're going to arbitrate on the applicability. In making uh, of the of that of of is the Fourteenth Amendment to the um, to the uh, uh, whether or not the states can can actually pull pull a ballot based on an arbitrary judgment of whether or not it was insurrection or not. So, like you have to kind of have a you, you kind of have to run the run the case for insurrection, and you have to kind of run the case for um, you know rebelling against the Constitution or violating the Constitution, which. The, the the former president hasn't been convicted of anything, um, nor has he been tried on it, and yeah. so uh, so that's that's part of the problem. But you're you're, you're right, you're correct, and and that's why I said to him, "Oh, this is a it's a constitutional issue. If you're going to interpret an amendment of of a lower court, is going to interpret an amendment of the Constitution." Yeah. So, um, but I think I think you also are correct that it, you know you, you it's a place in time when you form a constitution and when you have a, a, a sort of a continental congress. Um, I think it would be very difficult to amend the constitution at this point in our history. Uh, it, yeah. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what we, which is part of the document, you know, um, I think that the, the debate would be, uh, it would be interesting. Look at, uh, look at the Equal Rights Amendment that, that never passed, right? No, 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 no. So, you know, the, we're, we're, we're trying, you know, I think, I think my interpretation of, of where we're at is we're at the highest point in the Republic as far as civic engagement. Um, I think it's we have a healthy amount of of, of dialogue, um, engagement on issues. A lot of people think that that's um, uh, uh, counterproductive, but I, I think back to 
where we were when Lincoln got elected in 1860. Yeah. And, and the same stuff was said about what they called the lightning, the, um, the telegraph. And, uh, uh the light, the light, they called that lightning. Yeah. And so the same thing was said about it. It said news tra is traveling too fast. Um, fake wow. news was, was shot. They said that when, uh, in, in 59, it's funny that I'm saying this like this, but in 1859, when he got elected, they said, oh my God, uh, you know, where it was a slavery issue. So they said, New York is on fire. Boston's on fire. Uh, there's uh, slave revolts going on. And none of that was true, but that was all going through the lightning. And uh, and so headlines were were were, were hitting uh, uh, different cities. And, and of course, sensationalists were writing about uh, fake. They were they were publishing fake news. And so I, I think back around the, 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 about that time, that critical point in our country and uh, and and some of the things that were said back then. And it's very, very similar. And. You know, the problem is, is that every generation ends up being the most progressive generation. Uh -huh. so, you know, they all end up. So, you so, all, so I, I'm kind of understanding that you're a Lincoln person, right? Uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm so much a Lincoln person. I mean, I, I'm my found, I have two founding fathers and a founding mother. I have, uh, um, um, uh, oh, George Washington, you know, the first president, uh, who, who, who was a soldier. And also uh, uh, decided not to be monarch, Hamiltonian Federalist at, at heart. Uh, yeah. So, so at heart because, uh, and then and then Dolly Dolly Madison, who uh, you know saved the heirlooms of our country, you know, as the Brits marched. Oh my, oh my goodness! Um, you're, su you're such a good American. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, I, and, I, and, I, and who's your third? Well, well so it's Hamilton, uh, 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 Madison, Washington, uh, Dolly Hamilton Madison, and Washington. But I, I, I'm, but, but this, the idea of Lincoln, uh, you know, being at this critical point where, you know, secession is happening and, you know, he's holding a wolf by its ears, you know, he, he, yeah. he, he doesn't like it, but he doesn't dare let it go. And, and I, 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 I find, I find his challenge, uh, critical. I, 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 when I think of Israel, Palestine, and I, you know, I don't want to wait, I mean, you know, what, I always think of it as as that it's very similar to that moment in 1860 where something everything that's needed to be said has been said and 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 there's the decision that's out there uh yeah. there's no decision um and so you have this internal divide of how do you solve an issue um the out of where there's such emotion and such um and and uh, I hope we I hope we don't go there I hope I hope that won't be I hope that won't be our story. Um, but I, I, I love Abraham Lincoln. I have uh, two, I have two uh, political heroes uh, hanging in my office. One is Abraham Lincoln. The other is David Ben Gurion. Uh, I love Lincoln for a couple reasons. First of all, for exactly the things you're talking about, you know, he, he preserved the union, and he, he understood the tragedy of the moment. Sure. And but he didn't he didn't shy away from it, and he stood his ground. Despite I mean, there there's nothing worse than civil war. There's nothing worse than civil war. But I also like him at the religious front. First of all, I love his religious ideology. You know the way the way he wrote it. And the other interesting thing, at least according to Carl Sandburg, Lincoln never belonged to an established church. You know, he had like lay religion. You know, he had his Bible, but he didn't go to shul. You know, <laughs> and uh, that really does it for me. Yeah. Well, I, 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 you know, I, there's, I think his, it, there's a moment in time where he's traveling. He's a, he's president elect, and he's traveling to Washington, and he's, it's, there's. The, the prelude to that, and then the actual journey and the assassination attempts. And the, you know, if you get to Washington, this is what's going to happen. And there's a recent book just written about it. It's called uh, Lincoln on the Birch, I think. And oh, okay. And and uh, it goes into the minutiae of all of this. And uh, and if you're a, if you're a, 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 a Lincoln, if you're a, 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 a 
someone that's really into like it's an interesting book because it talks about some of the things that I brought up, but it also talks about the lightning and the, the sensationalism. Um, you could, if you took Lincoln out, you might think of God, this is exact. It, it's going to be twenty twenty four in, in in America, and this is going to be the same thing. Uh, but I, I, you know, the the elements that you're talking about about walking into a an issue that needs to be solved no matter what, uh, and and there's this huge divide in the country, and and he's said if, if I can get my hand on that slavery issue, I'm going to hand, I'm going to deal with it. But in the same respect, these are your own citizens, your own people. So, so how do you deal with it? Appropriately? Yeah, I, I don't, you know, this whole argument about slavery and civil war. I'm not, I'm listening it to, but I mean, you know, Lincoln said clearly, he said clearly that if he could preserve the union without abolishing slavery, he would have done it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure, and I mean. And, well, what I understand is that, you know, he would not allow uh, slavery to spread to other states, and therefore slavery, by definition, became uneconomical and un- could not be maintained in the slave states either. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, he had this vision of uh, the United States. You know, the United States is a country that had to grow a certain way. And it's... Yeah, it's. I, I, I wonder, you know, you go back to that time, you can imagine, you know, Confederates and Unionists talking, the Confederates saying, what are, you, what are you talking about? What about our free will? What about our right to, you seceded from Britain. Why can't we secede from you? Right. You're just saying, well, we're, we're going to preserve us because we are one people. Abe, my. Bias. Something else. Well, Something that, else. Yeah, the personalities in Congress at the time, the that you know, you had this the the, the the heat in just the just the heat in uh, in Washington D.C. at the time, and it, and and there was there were slaves in Washington, you know, for the comfort yeah. of the first people. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, it's this it's such a an, an amazing backdrop to where that just a critical point in American history. But I, like I said, it, it's the, the some of the elements are are very very. It's it's just parallel to our time, you know, the idea of the lightning, you know, the idea that yeah. that there's this communication back and forth. We're on Zoom right now, chatting a world away, and 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 this will this podcast will go. We'll publish the podcast, and, and you know, people will make their opinions and go back and forth, and and so it's we have such a, a wonderful tool at our disposal, uh, whereas the the, the bad guys do too you know they have that as well so um you know you can't eliminate such things um yeah but the, you know you know you're jt you're right but uh you know whenever i'm in dc i visit i visit all day you know i go to lincoln memorial yeah and who today is going to write the second inaugural you know who today is going to write a speech like that yeah. You know, a speech, a speech which is burning with the vision, understanding, attempting to grapple with heaven and God. I mean, an unbelievable piece of oratory. And in my opinion, religious thought. We have a deficit in states, people globally, and certainly in the United States. We're, 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 we're having a, and, and here's the thing. It's maybe it's, you know, I, I, I I was like to talk with a friend of mine who we chatted back and forth, and he goes, "Well, maybe you're just getting too old." I'm fifty, so you're getting too old. Oh, you're a kid. You're a kid. You're a kid. Well, I've I've been in national security since I was, you know, since I was a young boy, and been doing, been been tangling with such things for 20, 25 years, you know. And uh, and uh, and and I go, "Gosh," I go, "You know," he goes, "You're an elder now," and I go, and he goes, "You, you know, you grew up analog, so." And I go grow up in. So he's saying all these things, and as if I'm kind of out of touch. And uh, and and the leaders that are there now are, are it's a now a, a very amorphous sort of large group. Uh, you know, you have Elon Musk who doesn't have to ask permission to go to space. You know, he just does it. You know? Yeah, um, without a government. Uh, and uh, but and I think that the world's changed in such a way where there, you know, the leadership uh, is. Um, I, I I don't think there's I don't think well let me put it this way 
I don't buy that the, the that the world has changed so much that this, this the norms don't apply. I think there were business people that were passionate about cotton back in 1860 who could usurp the authorities of 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 the government. I mean, and and you know, smuggle and do this and 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 go back and forth. But um, I think that when it comes to your your question about who could write a speech. Um, uh, inaugural speech like that um, in this day and age. I think people are out there. I think the challenge is, is that more communication like this, more talking about what's going on, um, about the, in the you know the the identities of of not only our governments but our people is important. I mean, I'm a Muslim. I reached out to you. Um, I'm not. I, I specifically said I don't. I'm not. This not. It's not a count a point counterpoint. I said I. I'm really. I was a guest of the of, of the Israeli government in 2019 um, as a Muslim, and uh, I was fearful um, about whether or not I would be able to go, uh, and the hospitality and 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 the engagement that happened as a result of of that trip uh, was profound, and that's only because the your government was passionate about engaging multi-faith communities um, and, well, and so, you know, that's, that's my government on on its on its good days well that well but that's, we, that's the challenge you know, look i i think that you know it's interesting i'm serving in korea which is a very homogeneous country like 95 percent of the of the of the population is ethnic korea and Israel is not like that at all, nor is the United States like that at all. And I, for example, I think that Israel's Arab and Muslim minorities are extremely important for our future. That is, if we we don't know how to work with our own Israeli citizens, so, okay, formally, they're equal under the law, but in reality, their life is not simple at all. Um, if we don't, if we if we can find the way to truly integrate internally and make way for our our Arab minorities in Israel, it first of all it'd be so important for Israel, and I think it, I think it's like key for our integration in the region. And uh, I mean, I you, really guys have, you guys have you guys still have Ottoman law for for, for civil courts, right? For, that it, for not no, for religious courts. For religious court, uh, for... Our, the, the Israeli the Israeli legal system is a hodgepodge. It's made out of British law, Ottoman law, new law. But the but you're right. We we have a law. No, we have no. For example, in, in Israel, you can't you can't get married in front of a justice of the peace. You have to go to a religious authority. So if you're a Muslim, you have to go to an imam, and if you're Jewish, you have to go to a rabbi, and if you're Christian, you have to go to either a priest or a, a, a reverend, and they have to be recognized by the state. And it's true, yeah, these, these are things that we inherited from uh, both the Ottomans and also also the British. But you know, well, you know, I, let's. I want to ask you a question because I, I about because you were talking about the the multi faith and and, and certain international communities that with it that are part of of Israel. And 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 that's a strength, uh, you know. One of the one of the the the, the comments that 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 I I field is that uh, or, or feel feel about is that well Israelis are nervous because if they have an Arab population, a Muslim population, they'll outburst the the Jewish population, and therefore uh, will will, be, will outvote the the is the, the 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 you know the, wow. the out. We'll, we'll vote. They've got. We'll, we'll have more votes in a, in a representative democracy. Is that something that is like is an issue, or is that just something that's on the outside? Yeah, there, I think that would only be that would only be an issue if we would annex the West Bank and Gaza. I mean, you know, if we would, um, you know, if we would annex these territories into Israel and uh, all of the Palestinians would become citizen, then we'd have a very unwieldy kind of situation. We'd be almost half half. And, and I think that's the reason why successive governments, not only from the left, but also from the right, have not done that. 
but within within Israel, Israel's maintained, uh, you know, with, within uh, you know Israel, 1967 borders Israel. Uh, Israel's maintained things have maintained pretty well. In other words, we have a large and stable Jewish majority. The the percentage of the population which is not Jewish moves between 24 and 26 percent generally. The majority of those are Arab Muslims. And a minority of those are Druze or Arab Christians or also Circassians and, 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 and other things. So we have a very we have a very large and substantial um, Arab Muslim minority, but I don't think that there is, you know, a likelihood of the balance changing. The the reason is that the um, standard of living has gone up in Israel and it's affected everyone's birth rates, you know, that kind of moderated it. Sure. And also the Jews in Israel, um, unlike the Jews in America, are having a lot of babies. So, you know, the, the rate of growth of Israel is between 3.1 and 3.2. It's the highest in the OECD. That's it's, that's so, okay. so we're so we're I think that part is okay. Okay. I think that part I think that part is okay. And I mean like you know, it, it, it wouldn't be a good situation if um, you know Israel was to lose hey, if Israel would lose its Jewish majority, it, it would it would cause a lot of great discomfort. It, it could happen under the law, but I think it's unlikely to happen. Okay. Yeah, because it's something that's you know, the 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 parallel is um um, Ireland, you know, Northern Ireland is going to outburst, you know, Southern Ireland, you know, and, and so they eventually they'll leave the UK, you know, that, that, that's, that's, that's one of the, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't think there's a likelihood of that happening in Israel. Um, the, I mean, the, the I, I think there are other reasons why a one state solution is not going to work. It's because we'll, we'll have a lot of people with very, very conflicting visions. And, uh, I, I think it would lead to a civil war very quickly. It would mean it would be Lebanon on steroids. Right. So I think that people who are believing in one state are not understanding the reality of the region. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, at this point, I mean, I would, I mean, you, are you, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm putting on the spot a, a two state solution guy, or, or you know, what, what's the, what, what? what look, I'm, you... I look, so look, I'm a diplomat, so I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say any. The you know, Israeli government position is uh, uh, not formally in favor of two states at this time, but you know it can change in the future. It depends sure. on on who's who's in charge. But uh, for example, but 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 even um, I mean even the the parts of the Israeli government I'm talking about the mainstream right, the mainstream right that do not believe in the establishment of a Palestinian state. They do believe in strong Palestinian autonomy. In other words, they, they don't think that Israel should rule the Palestinians. They, they don't think that we should rule Gaza. They don't think that we should rule the Palestinian cities in the West Bank. But the, the parts, uh, parts of the Israeli government, which are, which are currently the majority, and I think it's also the majority of Israeli public sentiment at this time, which does not agree that establishing a Palestinian state would be a good idea, is a deep fear that it will develop into a failed state and we'll have a repeat of what happened in Gaza after the disengagement. In other words, Palestinian Authority will not manage to rule the West Bank. Hamas or something like Hamas will take over, and then we'll have an enemy state on our border immediately. And then if we have to invade them, we'll be invading a UN member state. You know, and uh, you know Israel doesn't have. You know, you could. We're, we're going out to the uh, ICJ, International Court of Justice, on charge which we don't agree with but we're we're exposed because there's only you know the we're we're on our own and there's an international community which is not not always supporting us so i i think that's where i i do believe i really 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 do believe that if uh israelis believe that the that the uh, outcome of establishment of palestinian state would be a stable uh good neighborly or reasonable neighborly uh, state that would live in peace with Israel, the large majority of Israelis would be in favor and would vote in favor of that. But I, in my view, the majority of Israelis do not believe that that's likely. So 
Well, and then well, how would you do it? I mean, you know, that's the problem. I mean, we're no, you, you know, could do it. No, I mean, they, look, uh, you know, I um, I was a diplomat also during the nineties during during the the whole Oslo process where we had a very very clear outline, a very very clear concept of what a Palestinian state would look like. It would be Gaza, be the West Bank, or very large amounts of the West Bank. Jerusalem was always an issue. Uh, Gaza and uh, West Bank would be linked either by dedicated rail link or a dedicated road. And uh, we would share one tax envelope so that we could, you know, use each other's ports. There was plans for Gaza for an international airport, for deep seaport. And there was a vision. There was a vision that the, that the majority of Israelis bought into, and I think maybe a large amount of Palestinians as well. I, I would like to think so. But events have derailed things, and it's uh, it's very sad and it's quite tragic. You know, I, I, you know we're we're you know I, I know that we're we're at this you know this this critical sort of juncture because there's still hostages held. You know, the October seventh attack and now you know where the, the course is unclear of where it's going to go and certainly a two-state solution or any solution on those lines those conversations are are, are, are nowhere you know not not part of not part of the uh the, the conversation so the, yeah but yeah but you know look uh look this conflict will come to an end within the finite future in other words uh, the the current conflict in Gaza. it with all its tragedy, it, w- it will come to an end one way or another within a finite amount of time. And Israel and its Palestinian neighbors will be stuck with each other one way or another. And we're going to have to find a way forward. Yeah, I think it's sad. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we'll get to eventually. Eventually, we'll get to a working relationship. Eventually, we will. It's 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 got it. You know, it has there, to happen. It has to happen. There's no other. There's no other possibility. There there really is. That like I mean I, the, like I I don't I don't want to you know lecture on this and I know you have strong opinions about this as well. But the one thing that really really bothers me about the dialogue on the progressive left in America is the the uh, conceptualization of Israel as a colonial project. Because I think it's it's completely wrong, analytically and historically. But it also it's it's so it, it's it's so um, destructive, because a colonial project can be undone, you know, and, right. and does and doesn't have rootedness. And Israel Israel is really is not going anywhere, just like the Palestinians really are not going anywhere, despite what extremists on both sides think. No, so at the, at, so at the end of the day, we're gonna have to figure out a way to get along with each other. Yeah, I think I think well, I, I agree with you. I think the colonial element of I mean, it, it, it's it's a strange argument to make. It's it's something that's very popular here. Um, you know, when I was at the American Islamic Congress, we stayed out of the Israel Palestinian issue. Uh, smart, smart, smart. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> You know, my that was a uh, I was when I was running the, um, the, 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 the I was the director of government and international affairs, and I said, "What everything that's needed to be said has been said, and someone needs to make a decision, and we're not that that entity that makes that decision." And that was the idea, and that was our that was our stance. Um, you know, since then, um, and uh, I it, when I took my trip there, you know, I said, "God, you know, somebody needs to make a decision here." But it's, and people would ask me when I came back, "What's what's your thoughts on?" I go, "Well." You know, here's the problem: is that you have stake these two stakeholders, and both have to lose in order for something that something something to be established. And I don't, and so a compromise needs to have to be made. I don't see it as a religious issue. I see it as a as a real estate issue. I feel like I I, I don't see it as. I I, I think look, you know, this is an interesting question that you raise uh, because first of all. Uh, I, yeah, it's a real estate issue, but not only. I mean, at the at the end of the day, your religion can be a huge resource for solving our our problems, and it can be a, a huge obstacle as well. 
depends sure. on the it depends on the nature of the uh, the nature of the religious leadership. In other words, there is a religious leadership that could take us to a place where, hey, the the Jews and the Muslims, the Palestinian Muslims, are we're not very far away from each other in terms of our fundamental beliefs and what we think about the kingdom yeah, of heaven. You know, we and. Uh, but on the other hand, we have you know religious leadership on both sides that are exclusionary, taken in a different, completely different direction, very destructive. Sure. So, but but religion can be a huge, uh, and you know, and also like some of the like the big believers in in the peace process, like Michael Melchior, you know, is a rabbi, you know, and is uh, strongly driven by a religious vision. Sure, sure. So, what? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I I agree with you. I mean, there's the you know, these extremists on both sides. I mean, I, I I my stance on on Hamas is that they're a doomsday cult, and so as such, they violate the core principles of Islam, and uh, particularly how to wage war. Uh, and so, once you violate certain maxims, um, then they uh, then you you might claim uh, to be Muslim, uh, but you you've you've now put yourself on the other side of Islam. I think the challenge is, is that um, one of the one of the one of the outtakes from from the trip was we met an Israel Palestine Palestinian um, we had a few of them a bunch of them uh, uh, negotiators peace negotiators and I understand they worked on like the micro level you know? so um, and so we, we chatted back and forth with a number of them and like oh, God, these guys should all be fired that was my that was my. Uh, so so I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. I think that a lot of them were working in very good faith. And um, a lot, I, I know many of them, and they they truly believed in the work. And I I, I, I think that, look, I, I don't want, you know, I, I don't want to take the podcast to a direction where I'm, you know, it, where, where I'm, you know, sh- Blaming primarily the Palestinian leadership, which is at that time, which is what I what I think. Right. But I mean, I know there's faults on our side as well. But but I don't I don't want to take it that direction because I don't I don't want you to have to you know rebut me on it. But the, these peacemakers were doing really very significant work. Oh, and, right. Uh, I'm not devaluing. And, 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 and I I I think I I I I think that we'll we'll. I don't know if they'll, you know, we'll come back to exactly the same structures. I don't know, but uh, yeah, you know. no, I, I understand. I, I, it was an, as an outsider, you know, and someone who superficially was kind of going, God, this, you know, people always say it's this has always been going on. They'll always hate each other. There's always through this stuff. And like I said, I, I think it's more than religion is a component. I, I won't deny that, but I don't think religion, the religious difference, is the issue. I think the, the real issue is, is that. Just like you own a home and I own a home, you know, we are the real estate we live on is 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 sacred to us. You know, I have a prayer room, I have my my office, I have my my family is yeah. here, and so you, you know, if someone if someone was going to dispute my 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 ownership, then I would have to engage in in figuring out what my my rights are from a perspective of from from a legal perspective uh and i might and my my faith yeah, look, I, I, look i i hear I, I hear you but i hear you but and i also hear what you're saying that hamas is uh it's a perversion of fundamental principles of islam but what 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 shall we do they they understand themselves as an expression as a religious expression of palestinian nationalism Error is a is a fundamental and and there's not enough voices in my view in the Muslim world saying hey, this is completely not Islam. I mean I know there are many people who feel that way, but I don't hear it a lot. It's tough. It's tough. That you're absolutely right. That's part of the reason why there was there was something profound happened in 2004. It was it was called the Amman the Amman Conference. There's a conference in Madrid, and uh, and it was the first time. Um, that Muslim leaders, scholars, all came together and and they discussed what is mainstream Islam. It's one of the main reasons why Muslims and Muslims is formed. There's a healthy amount of interfaith interfaith dialogue going on, 
And what we do is 20% in intrafaith. But intrafaith is what the majority of what we do. If it's, it's, right. And, and so... Um, the most the, important. Yeah. And one of the things... And, and I, I spent 10 years engaging the Ummah to make sure that you know, Sistani and Usmani and all these guys wouldn't go to war with me. Um, so, uh, but the, 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 the profound element of, of the Amman message was not just the meeting, because there's meetings that happen all the time. But it was the discussed apostasy they discussed uh terrorism and they said well you know these they this is this is the line these are the maxims and if you're on if you if you violate these maxims you're on the other side of this yeah um and you say well you know it's a one-off it's 2004 they got together but so this is the profound element of it every single scholar sent out a fatwa, which are the mechanisms we communicated, sent out right. a fatwa that said the same exact thing. So if I was going to walk over to Ben Baia's office or his constituency or Shirazi, right, in Iran or Sistani, and I was going to say, well, you know, here's the thing, it's on the other side of Islam, they could say, then then right away, they, you have a fatwa that backs that up. Um, you know, they decided on what's mainstream Islam, right, for, for Shia, for Sunni schools and its jurisprudence. And so one of the, the main reasons why that my entity exists, one of the main reasons why I am uh, and speaking to you or I say, you know, they're doing state cults is because we were unable to, and I mean the Ummah was unable to operationalize the Amman message. And it's very it's very difficult. It's very yeah. difficult. Well, you had the two wars, you know, Iraq and, and, and Afghanistan. Then you had the Arab Spring, which everybody backed, you know, and then everything went sideways because the Arab Spring. Everybody thought, "Wow!" So, you know, it's I'm a I'm a I'm a I don't I never I don't protest. I've never held this my emotions on a, on, a, on a piece of cardboard and 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 held it in March. I'm always the so what and what now. I'm a government guy, right? A process guy, and that 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 process or that that path is much more difficult because you have to compromise and engage. And that's what, that's what Muslims, Muslims about. And so I think that these mechanisms that exist now, um, for example, the, the outcomes of them on message are assets. And that's where it speaks to your point about religious communities speaking out, um, becoming part of the solution and engaging uh, and and they they are a unifying force, particularly within the, the Muslim community, and that's part of the reason why these these dialogues I think are important, not just for this interfaith element, but the idea of of us of, of us trying to say, okay, you know these 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 core principles exist. This is who we are, and we can actually embody them in our civil society and so forth to to reach a, a, an equitable solution. And so, um, you're right. There aren't a lot of Muslim leaders that are speaking out. Um, there, there, there aren't a lot of, of Muslim leaders that, that have the will to do so. Um, but they also, the part of it is not having the tools. So, so. I, I, yeah, I, I understand. I, I take the back. Look, you know, yeah. Look, in the fullness of time. God's will will be, will be uh, <laughs> God's will be realized. Sure enough, and 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 here's the thing: we have, uh, um, you know, we've we've uh, we, we, like I said, we we've touched upon many of the issues, and 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 my focus was to make sure that we talked a little bit about my experience, um, your office, uh, and the how the israeli government is 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 not just this one show pony uh right to 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 about a, a, a jewish theocracy or a jewish state and its supremacy there's more to it than that um there you have a a, a, a lively multi-faith engagement you have intra-faith issues that are a priority that are a big issue within within the government um, we have all this stuff that's going on with recent current events, but it's uh, it, we're, we're the, the judicious approach to some kind of peace, to some kind of of of, in, of engagement with positive outcomes is 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 a priority of all of us, including including the Israeli government. 
And I, I believe that, um, which is part of the reason why I reached out to you and wanted to kind of Mr. elaborate. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, behind the Israeli government is always the Israeli people. You know, Israeli governments can be better. They can be less good. But it, but at, at the end of the day, Israel is a true democracy internally. And Israeli people are fundamentally decent. And uh, even with our mistakes, and we'll, I, I'm convinced that we'll get to a better place. I'm convinced am, of it. You know, we, we this is going to be a. It's tough right now, but we're going to get there. And I, it's, it's 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 very tough right now. It's extremely tough right now. Israel's a citizens' army, and uh, I mean, I, I don't want to go into my own family, but the, you know, I'm my my family is deeply engaged in the military effort. My children. And uh, it's 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 harsh and difficult, and uh, there's a tremendous suffering on on all sides. I I hope we resolve this issue as quickly as we can. Well, you know, you 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 have me as one of your cohorts, so um, do call on me to help out if I can. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you sharing uh, this this, this uh, thoughtful words and and, and notes and this, and answering the questions. Like we said, we. We didn't have a script and we certainly didn't have anything off the table. So I appreciate your time and I appreciate your your candor and uh and I appreciate your thoughtfulness in in, in making this uh this podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you, JT. And I also enjoyed learning about your roots in Nuristat. In the Afghan hills. All the best. Take care. Okay.